Welcome to episode 65 on the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. On today's show, we're going to cover the market of November. It's December 1st here, or the first week of December here, and you know what that means. We go back and we check the previous month's sales. We do this to try to understand how the market's changing throughout the year. So if we're getting ready to sell, are you getting ready to buy? You can understand what the market's doing in Oklahoma City. We're also going to be looking at the Edmond market today as well. I'm also going to be bringing up latest developments, talking about those. And I'm going to be looking at the map today to show you some areas that we've identified as good growth, good income potential, and areas to avoid. So stay tuned on today's episode. From the middle of America, welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show, covering local market data, news, and reports to arm you with information you need to empower your investing and strengthen your American rights. Top Realtor, investor, husband, father, and veteran, here is your host, Landon Witt. For more information and to listen or watch online, visit OKCRealEstateShow.com. All right, and welcome back. First thing I want to do is jump into the market report. Okay, so coming in, we look at InfoSparks, which is a culmination of the entire MLS data. InfoSparks is a product of CoreLogic, and I use it because it is what the appraisers are using in our market. So I want to understand, and I want you to understand, that the best salesman in the world can sell a property. And if that individual is not paying cash, they're going to be most likely subject to an appraisal, okay, which is the appraiser coming out. So when we look at property values and we look at the market, we need to look at it in the eyes of what an appraiser does. So right here, I'm seeing the median sales price coming in for November for Oklahoma City at 164.9. That's the entire market of Oklahoma City, which is 620 square miles. So across that, 164,900. And then I like to focus in on that Northwest City core, which if we take crosshairs of Oklahoma City, downtown being right in the middle there, then we take that Northwest quadrant, our, our square number one, we're getting in at 170,000. This whole chart right here is going back to 2016 that we're seeing here. 2016, we're seeing gains. So right into the market, though, 170,000 for the Northwest City Core. That's down 3.5%. And really, that's just a seasonal adjustment. Uh, Edmond, 275,872. That's up 16%. We're seeing a good gain here in the uh, winter months. There was a couple of large sales that happened, as well as we're seeing a trend into new construction. We've got clients closing on new construction uh, at a rapid rate as people like Home Creation and Timber Home, Timbercraft, and, and, um, Rosh Coleman, and those getting into the market now and then beginning to build homes in Edmond. We've got a lot of high-dollar homes in the three, four, five dollars $500,000 range that are, that are coming off, and those really being, um, what I mean by high is above the median average. So, all right, getting over to uh, new listings coming on the market for November. We're down. Oklahoma City, um, let's see, coming in at... Uh, 707 homes coming on the market, which that's actually up 21% in Oklahoma City as a, as a total. But as we look at the over the years, we can see we're, we're heading towards the bottom mark in what, January 2019? Okay, so 
we're still way above where we were last year. Okay, so yeah, this is looking great, 21% up. Obviously, I haven't seen this data before. I wanna engage this with you guys as well. Um, part of it, which is, is just preparation time. It takes a while to put these shows together. Uh, Northwest Oklahoma City core, 3.3%, okay? Uh, great gain, okay? Uh, in inventory, so we're still seeing that low inventory there. Edmond, a 7.1% increase, putting about 400 homes on the market for November in Edmond. Um, as far as our uh, closed sales, uh, we're looking at uh, down 2.5% in Oklahoma City, up 2.5% in the Northwest City Core, and up 3% in Edmond. Uh, let's look at that month's supply of inventory just to double check where we're at. So Oklahoma City, we are at 2.1 months supply of inventory. That's actually lower than what we've been um, all year. Um, we're jumping into a metric of um, really uh, seller's market. I mean, we've been there all year, but now we're really getting into there as the, the folks that would normally sell during a normal market without this influx, which the influx in Oklahoma City has been because of all these developments, um, one of which is MAPS 3, which finished up the public uh, works project, which is the park and all that stuff. And we're going to be voting on maps four, which is that next one this week in Oklahoma city. So if you are in Oklahoma city, you're a resident here, get out there and vote. It's just a two question. Uh, yes or no. One question. Yes or no. Do you vote for maps four? And the city council will work on, uh, allocating those funds. Um, Edmund, uh, 2.9, uh, percent, two, 2.9 months of inventory. That's a zero change. Uh, Northwest Oklahoma City Core 2.9. That's up 31%. Um, so in the city core, we've seen um, inventory popping on the market in areas like even the village, which we don't. That's really the the north side of the Oklahoma City Core, but also a lot more inventory coming in on the 300 and up range. So keep an eye on that. Um, Per square foot price coming in in Oklahoma City uh, at $98 per square foot on average 3.2% gain there. Um, 124 in the Northwest City core. Edmond coming in at 119 a square foot. So good stuff. I want to get on to some development news, some stuff that I've had on the website on okcrealestateshow.com, but for you podcast addicts, want to fill you in. The Wheeler District is to add a commercial building, okay? So if I could pull that up, that's going to be south of I-40, okay, right along Western Avenue, okay? Western Avenue, if I get to my Google Maps here, Western Avenue Going in, I-40, you got downtown here, on this area here, south of I-40 on Western and west of Western, we have the Wheeler District, which I've talked about this before, but I'll talk about it again. The Wheeler District is a large landmass. It's on actually both sides of Western. So you have, when you go down Western, just south of I-40, you have the right-hand side, which is where the Ferris wheel's at. You've got a bunch of townhome, high-dollar high townhomes going 200-plus per square foot in that area. 
And then west of Western, you've got this large field, which is actually owned as well by the Western District. And if you look at their original plans, and, and I can pull up some pictures there, um, but they the original drawing was like this European-looking town, and you know they had all these uh, very dense urban living space and little courtyards and that kind of thing. Well, they didn't get that much approved, but they have gotten these little townhomes, and they're starting to expand in the Western District. Well, it's in Port or the Wheeler District. It's important to to note that they're adding now commercial shopping and retail to that, which is an increase in that area. Now, originally, their their concept was kind of this European uh, colonial kind of look, uh, and now they're more of like a modern industrial kind of look is what they actually ended up building. The Wheeler District, the first for lease building is coming to the Wheeler District. First, residents of the planned community have moved into their homes, and soon a mixed-use building will rise near the center of the development, located on Southwestern Avenue on the southern shore of the Oklahoma River. The design by Alfred Hall Monhangan, I'm going to destroy that, Mongan Morris includes 9,000 square feet of restaurant and our retail space on the ground floor and two levels of office space. For those watching on YouTube, you can see the bunker uh, shape of this building. Anyways, um, the new structure will be constructed directly south of the original terminal, terminal building of the old downtown air park. Western District was an airport. That's why they had that space. And now it's being renovated into a cafe and mail center. Also immediately adjacent will be the Big Friendly Brewery, which has recently started construction. The new building will feature barrel-shaped roof that echoes the historic airport vernacular, according to the architects. And here's a quick word from the brewery owner, courtesy of the Oklahoman. I moved here in 2007, which was kind of a big year for Oklahoma. Uh, I think it was the centennial celebration, and um, a few years later I realized that the, the Chamber of Commerce had deemed Oklahoma City the big friendly that year, and I thought that was a pretty cool name. So a few years later, I thought, I might want to use that for a business someday. And so in 2013, I went to the Secretary of State and registered the name as a beer bar slash brewery. And, um, and I just figured that starting a brewery was a little bit too much of a risk for me at the time. so. I ended up starting this beer bus uh, in 2015. I bought the bus in 14 and and opened it October 10th of 2015 was the first day of business for the Big Friendly. So I just figured the Big Friendly was a name that represented the city so well and it was a name that I felt would represent a big beer bus really well. And uh, this was a great way to promote Oklahoma City as the Big Friendly. So I've had a relationship with Blair Humphreys, the developer here at Wheeler since 2007, 2008. And when I, right about the time where I started this business, 2014-15, um, they were looking to, to place a brewery here in the space. Originally it was a different brewery that was supposed to go here, but plans kind of fell through, which kind of opened the door for me and my brother, Will Quinlan, to, to open a brewery here and conversations with Blair started to happen. Once he saw the bus and the brand and he was able to taste the product that I made, um, it just kind of seemed like because the relationship was there, 
it was a no-brainer for us to be here. So the conversations have been taking place for years, and we've just kind of been patient in the process. That was five years ago, and so we're on the cusp of opening, hopefully this year. So the big friendly brewery and tap room will be about 5,500 square feet. Um, the brewery itself will be about 33,000 to 3,500 of those square feet, and the tap room may be about, about 2,000 square feet. Um, it's going to be just to the west of the terminal building. We're going to operate on, on a 10 barrel system, which is a fairly small system, but not too small. Uh, most of our beer will be sold through the tap room, whether that's canned or bottled or draft. We want people to come to the tap room and experience the Wheeler District, take a walk down to the Ferris wheel. Um, and really, to me, I feel like it's important for people to start coming south of the river. I think that Oklahoma City is really not aware of life south of the river and um, my wife and I, my brother and my friend Jonathan Bean who's also an owner, um, we all live uh, or will live in the neighborhood just to the west of here and uh, we just love the community down here not just the Wheeler District but the greater community that's south of the river and we want to build into something um, for the next couple decades here. So urban upscale in an area that is section eight, maybe worse in some cases. So here we go, right here, Western District, or, or Wheeler District, west of Wheeler District, all section eight housing here, okay? Bad section eight housing, okay? I wouldn't want to be running around here in the Mercedes at night. Okay, um, yet. Now, we get east of there, we got subdivision. These houses going, used to go in the, in the 20s and 30s, $40,000. South of here, okay? All this area is staged for gentrification, okay? But it's going to take time. Why? Because where are these residents going to move to? And that's the thing. We've been working, we've been going through these, trying to find homes for people, but we haven't been, a, been able to get them out of the home, right? The, the current occupant. And the ones that do know, for example, there's one I think listed right now on Southwest 24th, and she's like $157 a square foot. I mean, it's crazy, outrageous. But she's been on the market 400 days. She doesn't need to sell. It's rented out, but she knows it's coming. So those, if you can get into that area, you can get into a property and you can basically keep it the way it is, keep the tenant there, maybe even transition into a situation where you've got uh, a person that is already living there that you say, hey, we'll give you this cash in order to become your landlord and they can stay in place. Those situations uh, are going to be popular in the coming couple of years here. Um, other development news, this is in Class and Curve, okay, this is where like Belle Isle area is at. Class and Curve apartments moving forward. This one interesting because an attorney actually fought this one. Previously, the group that brought Class and Curve, Nichols Hills Plaza, and the surrounding land, Washington Prime was the name of that company, had proposed retail and multifamily housing on the site, a move that prompted a lawsuit from a neighboring attorney. 
Ultimately, that legal action was dismissed, and now the project is once again moving forward, this time without additional commercial space. The latest plans by Heinz Development show a five-story apartment complex with 326 units and a six-level parking structure. Pull up some pictures of that. Dubbed the Residences at Classen Curve, the new development would be directly west of the proposed Ellison Hotel, just north of Whole Foods and West Elm, and east of the under-construction Flower Child and Torchy's Taco structure. The Ellison is expected to break ground around the first of the year, and Flower Child and Torchy's will open in the first quarter of 2020. To the west, luxury townhomes are proposed at 61 grand. It's unclear if Washington Prime will sell the land to Heinz or lease it to them. Okay, so there's some interesting dynamics going on there. The simplified planned unit development, or as we call SPUD, had previously been approved by the Oklahoma, by the city of Oklahoma City. This was prior to the attorney filing the lawsuit uh, on zone issues. The apartment the apartments along with the Ellison Hotel would nearly complete the development of property once owned by Chesapeake Energy to the west of their sprawling campus. Okay, so to give us an idea, there's North Grand Boulevard, okay, and here is where the parking garage, let's see, the parking garage is on the east side of, let's see, Northwest 63rd, okay, so Northwest 63rd and, and Grand, that's, that's a diagonal intersection. We're going to be just southeast of that is where this structure is going to be. Again, several investments. Now, moving on, I want to talk just a bit about Strawberry Fields. Strawberry Fields, you can go to strawberryfieldsok.com. This is uh, a development that is going to be going in just west of Scissortail Park. It's going to encompass that entire industrial district uh, there to the west. They're going to be buying all these old buildings and mowing them over to build a planned development, high density, like eight-story tall, I think, is some of the... Let's get some of these. We're actually going to pull this up so you guys can hear this. Well, Strawberry Fields is in the heart of the city, in the heart of the state, in the heart of the country. And keep in mind, Oklahoma City is at the axis of three interstate highways. Now look at a national map and show me some other places where there are three interstate highways connecting all in one place. I think a lot of investors around the country are familiar with Opportunity Zones, and Strawberry Fields is in an Opportunity Zone. And I think it's important to remember, this was a good investment before that designation. Now that it's been designated as an opportunity zone, I think we're going to see a, a lot of opportunity zone funds becoming more and more interested in this particular piece of property in the heart of downtown Oklahoma City. And I think that's part of what has fueled this tremendous resurgence in Oklahoma City. The number of highly educated 20-somethings that are moving here to take advantage of the quality of life improvements. And in specifically about Strawberry Fields, you're talking about a billion dollars in public money that has gone to help ensure that this Strawberry Fields investment is successful. And I think that's why there's so much interest and so much outside capital that's now poised to come in and make this project one of the best investment opportunities in the United States.
Okay, so Scissor Tail Park on the east, west of it is the development. Okay, the development you're talking about, hundreds, hundreds of units. Okay, I think there's actually, let's see. Okay, now we've got the master plan up. Strawberry Fields Master Development Plan. You can see the pictures in the background. It looks like something you would see in maybe Austin, Texas. Again, high um, density with, here we go, Scissor Tail Park here, Strawberry Fields here, Convention Center being to the east of Scissor Tail Park, which is right on I-40 and Shields Avenue. Here we go. Lots of green space. High-rise buildings all around. This continuing to put pressure, and this is one thing that all these developments are leading to, on the roads. We look at this maps route, Hudson, Walker. More density downtown, okay? So, what does this mean for us? Well... If you are a high-dollar investor, and I mean you're, you've got millions of dollars to dump into Oklahoma City, you want to get part of these programs, right? Why? Because you've got tons of tax incentives, tons of tax incentives going on with that program because that's an opportunity zone, okay? Many of you understand what an opportunity zone is. It's a declared opportunity zone where they're trying to bring folks out of poverty and they're using government funds to do it. And that with that, if you're a private investor, you get tax incentives and tax rebates when you do in those opportunity zones. There's opportunity zones all over Oklahoma City. So we want to stay keen with that. So again, just to recap, just for your development news going on in Oklahoma City, we've got the Wheeler District South, okay, right here. North of that, Wheeler District here, south of I-40 on, on Western Avenue. Going just north and just east, you have Strawberry Fields, okay? Just north of I-40, right on Shields Avenue, okay? West of here, so if you can't afford to live here, but you want to live close to all this exciting stuff that's going downtown, what are you going to do? You're going to go west into the residential neighborhoods, and we're going to look at these. These neighborhoods right here, this is a transition. This is... Right on my Google Maps, I need to switch to the map. This neighborhood west of the western or the, the Strawberry Fields project, all of this housing, trying to get our hands on these. Watch these. Watch west of Strawberry Fields. Okay? Lot of opportunity there for um, fix and flips. High dollar rentals eventually, you're going to have to hold in there for a little while, which is why, again, we talk about meeting with that individual. Hey, would you be willing to sell your home? We can give you cash, and you can even stay there. We'll rent it back to you. And that's finding out what their mortgage is and this kind of situation so that you can then own that property. So when the property appreciation grows, you can have your seeds planted in that area. And at the right time, then you dump your equity back into that home, renovating that home. And then uh, you can either liquidate the asset or hold on to it. So 
that's pretty much it for what I have today on the show. Uh, folks, <laughs> if you're not emailing me by now, you're not getting the best inventory. It's a limited market. It's not like it was at the beginning of even last year where we could just go on MLS, find you properties, okay? Now it's changed into a nitty-gritty, somebody's messaging somebody, hey, I've got this deal, hey, I ran into somebody at Walmart that we needed to sell. It's a very niche market. So please, Landon at OKCReal.com, email me. If you're not emailing me, keeping in my communication, when I get these deals, you're just not top of mind. Okay, so stay in touch. We'll get you locked into a beautiful changing city. I do want to remind you, local residents, MAPS 4, December 9th in Oklahoma City, but you can early vote now. I think we've got, um, what is it, MAPS? I think it's December 9th. Let me double check that date. December 10th, December 10th, MAPS 4. Yes or no on that. Early voting starts December 5th. You can go down to Lincoln Avenue to the election board where you voted for president and where you will again next year. So, or the end of this year. Next year. (laughs) Thanks for watching, guys. For more information and to listen or watch online, visit okcrealestateshow.com. There's not a lot of really good press about Oklahoma in the late 80s and early 90s when I came here. But uh, once you're here, there's none of that is really the case at all. My mom was scared. She said, I don't appreciate you moving so far away. So my dad was excited and he said, new opportunity, go get it. Um, um, we'll come visit you. It's only two and a half hours away, but my mom, not so much. It's generally, if they've never been here, they kind of land and they say, what, what is this Oklahoma all about? And they're thinking of single wide trailers and cow pastures and they're amazed to see skyscrapers and the same kinds of merchandise they can buy anywhere else. It's not what you would think it is. Like it's not much of like, I thought it would be more country, more, you know, everyone walk, walk around with cowboy boots and cowboy hats, but it was, it's definitely more modern than what I initially thought it was. In the case of the California move, a lot of the misconceptions about Oklahoma were very evident. And we actually, through the auspices of the Greater Oklahoma City Chamber of Commerce and the Department of Commerce, flew state's experts to Southern California to talk to them about what life was like in Oklahoma based on the employees' questions. We had thought we would get about five to 10% of the employees we had in California with critical skills. At the end of the day, we got almost 70% of those employees that we had tried to move by the time we had systematically answered each of their questions. So it was, by any stretch of the imagination, a huge success. The initial process, I would say, was quite stressful, right? Because you're uprooting everything you know and moving to a new location. Slowly but surely, it just kind of fell into place. Um, I came down here, loved the job, loved the people, um, started looking at houses around um, the town and found the perfect house that I wanted. So I actually ended up purchasing my very first home, which is quite a big milestone. So that ended up being a great thing. What we've experienced has been green and hilly, what I would call hilly. A lot of parks which is a wonderful part of Oklahoma all throughout the state. It seems like they have a lot of state parks and a lot of uh, city parks. 
you know, we love to go on long drives here and just look at the countryside. And even though there's a lot of cows and horses, that's kind of fun for a city girl, you know? I would say Oklahoma is a growing city. So if you have any expectations that it's small or not really doing or not really modern, it's definitely modern. It's definitely growing and there's places for everyone. I encourage anyone who, who wants to experience something or, you know, different from what they're used to, Oklahoma is right for them. It's within driving distance, so they could come visit. It's pretty centrally located um, to a lot of different states. So even other friends that we had in Michigan came and visited because the sun shines here. <laughs> so. I feel like Oklahoma is just awesome. When I first got here, I, me and a couple coworkers would go downtown, and um, just the nightlife there is just awesome. So I would say absolutely do it. Don't even think once about any other state just because the cost of living it's a huge plus it's it's so affordable the culture like I said people are extremely nice it's a big city feel where you have a lot of activities to do which you would get say in Dallas or Houston or something but the the culture is still that small city vibe where everybody's nice and you don't necessarily just get in your own routine and not get out of it and then again outdoor activities you have bunch of lakes where you can go out and do whitewater rafting and wakeboarding and you have it there's mountains where you can go rock climbing and mountain biking so it has best of all worlds I would say and it's affordable so you can't really beat that. Understandably a lot of people don't like change if somebody has never been to Oklahoma the first time you fly them in everything starts to get just a little bit better then they look at the housing prices things get a little better still and I think it's, uh, it, it's always a positive surprise to a person when they come here for the first time. 